Hey guys, welcome to episode 124 of the JV Club with my wonderful guests, Mike DiMartino and Brian Kanetsko, the geniuses behind Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. I'm so glad we were able to make this work. Um, I know I've talked to the, about them a bunch on the podcast and in interviews. I just love both of their brains. And um, once again, if I could just disembody them and have their brains with me all the time while they went off and did other things, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, except in many ways it would be the worst thing in the world. Uh, I want to give shout outs to Jenny S. Thanks for your email, Jenny. And please um, save travels as you move across the country to the Boston area. They're lucky to have you. Ashley, thanks for your email. A couple of Twitter shout outs I'm able to squeeze in here. I break for bridge trolls. Couldn't resist saying that Twitter handle. Emily and Kristen, thanks for your tweets. Um, Kaya, I wanted to thank you for a great new MASH category. I've got to try to use that ASA possible. I want to thank on uh, Graham's Nerdist page, Monia, PJ, and Mark for your comments. And um, by the way, a few of you have asked uh, if I would be podcasting my dad for the Boys of Summer. I think that's such a great idea, and I would have loved to have done it. Unfortunately, my dad is such a rolling stone papa uh, that he has been in Alaska. So, um, too difficult to make happen this summer, but um, I definitely want to try to do that next year. So thanks for that feedback and rest assured I am on it. If only next year. Um, and then for those of you who, I think a bunch of you already received your t-shirts and getting some new orders, just a reminder, you can um, check out what the t-shirt looks like on our JV Club Facebook page. They are $20 inside the continental United States. Um, if I'm shipping them elsewhere, which I have been doing, I just need to calculate shipping on that. And then once the total is determined, um, you can PayPal me at j.varney at sfsketchfest.com. Size-wise, and I don't know that anyone wants to be writing this down, uh, I think I will post on the Facebook page which sizes I have available. Oh boy, a lot of a lot of pitch into the t-shirts, but guys, we finally got them. I gotta I gotta get like I gotta get rid of them. Let's let's face it. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say, and I'll say something about it at the very end of this episode. Is I'm so 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 elated to uh, provide a very special track um, of the Boys of Summer song uh, at the end of this podcast. It is not Mike and Brian. It is in fact Paul and Storm. Uh, hang in there for that too, because it is rad. I'll talk to you soon, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Had to end with a sing song. Bye. Now entering nerdist.com. By the way, now I am now already recording, so now I could just tell you uh, during the recording. Uh, yeah, I this so. I mean, I've listened to a number of your podcasts, but I don't know yeah. if there's like a certain theme. Yeah, I mean, I, like, uh, well, I'm interested to kind of certainly know what you guys were both like as teenagers, but I don't want you to feel like the like now that I'm recording that the only thing we will cover is like that we'll suddenly get into a time machine and. But so when you guys are talking, um, just yeah, just pass the microphone back and forth. Cool. I'm really sorry that I don't have a, a an apogee tree tree trio. Instead of a duet. We can just lean over like this. Yeah. So that's... Okay. So And then also, uh, I try to remember to do this if I have more than one guest, which is that Mike... This is Mike's voice. Hi. This is Mike DiMartino. And this is Brian's voice. This is Brian's voice. Oh, very low. It's early. Very throaty. It's very early. My voice. Um, 
when you when I I was driving already when you sent me the text asking if I wanted coffee and it, it was sort of that thing where you you see a text come through and you glance down and, and you kind of jumble the words and your brain just tells you a quick story about what the text actually says <laughs> and I really for a second jumbled it up and thought you said hey Janet it's handsome Brian <laughs> I'm getting coffee and handsome Whoa. is capitalized and I was like do I call him Handsome Brian? Is this like a nickname that I don't remember? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call him. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there, there's a fighter who's actually friends with my friend who was trying to push his nickname to be Handsome Matt Wyman. Oh, no. Like, and, uh, and he's, I haven't met him. He's apparently a really cool guy, but, uh, but how it, takes is a, he? it takes a certain uh, level of, of uh, confidence, let's and call also, it. don't you feel like most? Uh, it seems like usually those nicknames are ironic, like tiny. I you think, know what I mean? Like when you call someone tiny, it's like it's a big doggy guy. Yeah, I think that was. I think Matt Wyman was was joking around. Yeah, but, uh, but still, Matt. yeah. I'm, no, I'm. I, I. I don't think I've ever been called the capital H. And so <laughs> my wife is very sweet. She calls me handsome. She she thinks I'm handsome. I don't know about hot, but she thinks I'm handsome. <laughs> I think that But you, I don't know I if she thinks handsome. I'm capital H handsome. I don't know if I think I'm trying to think of who's capital H handsome. John Handsome? Yeah, that's right. I just try to call him John Handsome. You know, I just, that's listen, a good thing I I just to... listened to your uh, podcast with Mindy Sterling. It, John Ham seems to come up a lot in your Oh, uh, that's funny. Did we talk about John Ham? You know, a couple times. You know yeah. what? I feel like <laughs> I, I will say this. I feel like more men bring up, and I'm not talking about the podcast, just in life, yeah. more men bring up John Hamm to me than women do. Men I, are like real into how handsome John Hamm is. I bring up John Hamm, <laughs> Hamm a lot. And I am very into how handsome John Hamm is. I also, I think, I think, I think uh, guys probably have a little bit of insecurity around John Hamm, uh, maybe. I just, <laughs> I just get all a flutter. I think he's... Uh, He's dreamy, or, or like that's what guys crush. think is yeah. like the women's ideal of what a handsome guy is. Maybe, yeah, which is I the opposite know. of true for me. I mean, I think John's. I know John. I'm not best friends with him, but um, he's handsome and great and wonderful. But that's not in no way is that a guy yeah, that he's not I look at and like, type. oh, who's yeah. that flutter flutter? I just that, for some reason, you know, you can't control it. I do. You do. I, I, think, I think you're not just, the only guy I know. Like yeah, I said. no, he's, and like I, it's one of these. I don't even need. It's not like by way of thinking what women might think of him. And if right. I looked like that, I'm just like, I'm like, sign me up for those jeans. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I remember reading a, an interview with him talking about like his dad, and that when he got the role or when he auditioned for the role. Which I guess didn't go very well. Like, like some executive didn't want him. Didn't uh, think he there's was always ha- somebody. Didn't think like, he was handsome enough or sexy yeah. enough. You know. And I remember, anyways, this quote that he said, like, I knew who, who that character was, and I knew how to wear that suit. Mm. And it was like a really specific thing. And the suits, I mean, they sell them at like Banana Republic. There's like Mad Men suits. Like, obviously, yeah. the suit is as much a character. And like he said, like based on his dad, like he knew how to like. And yeah, you see John Hamm in interviews or in comedies and stuff, and he has a totally different like uh, yeah, he's energy. Such a goofball, yeah, it's a total different energy. But he's obviously he's very aware of like how to present that um, that capital H handsomeness yeah. in, in a in a different way. How often do you guys find yourself in a suit, Mike? 
not ver- I'm a type of guy who wishes I wore a suit more often. Uh, but I just really don't have, there's really not a need to at the office here. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Amazing. Uh, so, if like you were usually like, you came in really crisply buttoned up. Yeah. And, like, like you see old pictures of like the Walt Disney animators back in like the forties and fifties and they're all really nicely dressed. I mean, they kind of, you know, a little bit before the Mad Men era, but like they're, you know, they're nice hats and they're all smoking. Yeah. And, uh, you're just like that. I mean, you guys would not, smoke. Oh, please don't. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be into that part, but like they, they always look really nice, but I'm like, then it's not very comfortable, but I did just buy two new suits cause I'm getting married in a month. So yeah, I bought, are. I bought a suit for the wedding and then I bought, and then because there was another one there that fit so well, I was like, give me this one too. Cause yeah. I don't know. <laughs> The next time I'm going to be we'll out suit something. buying, you know, yeah. we don't fit. Mike and I don't fit suits very easily. We have very different body types, same height, but yeah. If you can find one, it's like you have to buy it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like there are, people say that a lot about suits. It's tough. I Mike has these like Popeye arms, it's like total, <laughs> like thick muscular arms from and drawing. I, and That's then I'm I like, like to imagine like <laughs> aggressive Cora drawing. Yeah. I have really lanky long arms and then like a narrow frame. So if it fits my shoulders, like my hands are gone or, or my, like if it fits my shoulders, the sleeves are halfway up my arm. Yeah. And if it fits my arms, like I, I look like David Byrne. You That's know? a little bit of a look too. the, the sort of shorter cuffs and shorter can't rock arms. That. You don't want to pull off that I can't sort rock of. That. Yeah. I, I too wish I wore suits more often, and when I turned 30, which was quite a while ago, I was like, I'm 30, it's time to grow up, I'm going <laughs> to just start wearing suits every day, and and then I like looked into how much that would cost, uh-huh. and then um, how much ironing and like dry cleaning oh, yeah. would be involved, and I was I like... I don't even think about ironing, God, <laughs> I don't wear anything that needs to be yeah, ironed. Yeah, and then I was like, ah, forget this, this yeah. is like, I'll just... Short-lived. Yeah, it didn't But happen. it's true what you say about the Walt Disney thing, too, because it has that feeling of... <clears throat> That's a great example of creative people wearing nice clothes because I w- I have no interest in that in that sort of advertising world or like that buttoned up Wall Street world yeah. that still exists today. But I do love the idea of like the creative types. Like the second you said that, I had an image of someone with like a pencil behind their ear, the tie's a little loosened, yeah, the totally. jacket's off because they're animating, guys. Oh, yeah. They're the animating. Yeah, the vests You've got are the vest, on. But the, sleeve, but the sleeves of their, of their crisp shirt up. are rolled yeah. up. Like we are making magic yeah. here. I mean, but I think that was just the, yeah, it was such a cultural thing. Like that was how men dressed, in, you know, back then. Like, yeah. like nowadays, it's just like anything goes. Yeah. You could come to work in pajamas and people don't care. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> At Nickelodeon, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Animation is very casual. Uh-huh. Um, I should say that uh, you guys are both wearing jeans, sneakers, T-shirts, and hoodies. Yes. Which is the kind of the current uniform. Yeah. But that's, that is the, our version of the Don Draper. Like, yeah. this is like, you know, you're just wearing the uniform. And the fact that Mike's and my feet are covered up. Uh-huh. is like we're dressed up uh-huh. like, our, our toe hair is not exposed uh our knees are covered up mm-hmm. that's also mm-hmm. dressed up yeah and um do people really wear like flip-flops and uh, shorts into animation hawaiian really? shirts flip-flops wow. yeah all that stuff you but, guys could institute like a a, a, a dress up friday where our, you ever oh that happened suit. our friend oh, really? our friend jeff adams who is is the the don draperiest of all of our everyone in our group of friends he was the editor on avatar and on cora uh he yeah he's he he tried instituting like a it was that's the thing about animation instead of casual friday we had like 
encourage people to dress up on Friday. Yeah. And um, it didn't. Re- yeah. But that's the thing. If you wear a suit, it's as if you're trying to like. You could. You might as well dress like a clown in animation <laughs> because you're just trying to say like, "Look how wacky I am! I've got a yeah. suit on." I remember yeah. in high school, there was one guy who wore suits, and it, every it was just like, "Oh, that's the ska guy." Yeah. He was he was I in think- a ska band, so it's like, "Oh." Yeah, he's the ska yeah. guy. That's why he wears suits. Yeah, I've probably brought this up before, but my friend Jonas was um, half Swedish, half American, and he had lived in Sweden for a long time and then came as a freshman to the U.S. to live with his dad for a while. No, his mom for a while. Um, and he would he actually wore – he kind of dressed up, but also he carried a briefcase. And he was the only person in school who carried a briefcase – I don't think they carry briefcases in Sweden. Do you know what I mean? I think that was just a choice. He was already like, listen, I'm going to be like the unique, yeah. interesting European kid. Might as well also carry a briefcase. Yeah, even just wearing like a, a button down shirt on a few, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, this is going to step it up a bit, wear a button down shirt. People are like, oh, do you have a, an important meeting what's today wrong? or something? Yeah, like, what's going on? Terrible. Even that is. What did your parents do? Like, you were talking about John Hamm. Um, kind of observing his dad like what did your parents do both of you when when you were teenagers what were your parents jobs like did they sort of have a kind of like button-up jobs or uh, my observing? dad worked he was like a construction estimator uh so he'd estimate the costs of buildings and mm-hmm. stuff so it was like kind of I, he definitely wore a tie every day but it wasn't like a very like it wasn't super formal he never wore a suit to work uh when he yeah when he'd go out to the uh to the sites i believe uh but yeah and my mom worked in a bank so she was you know dressy but not like over the top for yeah. sure brian what about you my dad definitely uh was like the corporate side of stuff i mean he he was a grew up a really poor farmer and like they didn't have running water for most of his life oh, wow. and big family but he he hated farming. Uh-huh. <laughs> he hated it. And he As hated you the, might if you associated with cold. that experience. Yeah. yeah. And he just, like, without much formal education, like, just worked his way up from being a UPS driver all the way to being, like, at the corporate level. And so he, and they had a dress code. And I yeah. remember his best friend and boss um, was, much like Mike, very colorblind. Uh-huh. And um, his wife was out of town. My My, my dad's, friend and boss was his wife was out of town and he he so he had to dress himself <laughs> like he picked his own clothes uh-huh. out and he was like a very high level executive at ups and they sent him home because he had a blue blazer and brown pants and he had oh. he had no idea like but that was that was how like they had a very strict dress code yeah. at ups my mom was a nurse um when i was younger but and then worked in a doctor's office when i was like older so and where was this where were you teenager I I moved around a lot. It 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 always bothers Mike and everybody. Like whether when I answer like where am I from because I, I I'm not from one place. You yeah. Know? So I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I lived there for seven years. I moved to Marietta, Georgia, outside of Roswell, for five years. I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, for four years. So I did half a middle school and half of high school in Louisville, and oh, okay. then in the middle of high school moved back outside of Atlanta for my junior and senior year uh, to Roswell. Was that all related to your dad's all, all job? All UPS, yeah. UPS, yeah. Um, yeah, as my dad got higher and higher in the company, 
you know, they moved us down to Atlanta where the UPS hub moved. And then they moved us to Louisville where the airport hub for UPS was. And then back to Atlanta when he became corporate. So, yeah, I moved around a lot. How was it when by the time you're in high school and you've gone, you've done half of high school in one place and you found out you were moving again? It was really, really hard. Um, I had... Uh, an amazing group of friends in Louisville and uh who I'm st- my the guy I still call my best friend you know was from that time that's really and, cool that you that even pre-college and then you moved away and you held on to that friendship yeah I mean I I'm I'm a very loyal friend I the friends I have are like Mike and I we met in college and uh most of our core group of friends all went to school together or, or we know each other because of it yeah and, um, yeah, my, it was tough. And not only that, I went to a really amazing high school that was, uh, a magnet school. So mm-hmm. I like rode the bus like an hour and a half every morning oh, man, to go I've been there. downtown to, to, I majored in art in high school. Oh, and, that's so cool. And, I can't believe yeah, you can major really, stuff. really amazing high school called DuPont Manual. But still a public school, but a magnet Public school, school but magnet. That's so great. It was awesome. It had I'm performing arts. It had science, math, technology, um, all sorts of communications, I guess was the, the technology side. And, uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. So I, I had this and, and I always had amazing support from my family to get into art. Um, so I was like just on this track and then right in the middle of it got ripped away and, mm-hmm. and moved to, uh, to Atlanta. And I just decided, I was like, you know what? I mean, we I had even we didn't talked about me staying in Louisville. I was gonna say with my sister because she lived right by my school downtown, and um, but it was just gonna break my mom's heart. And I I was the youngest of five, so I was like, oh, I can't do that. And my mom and I are really close, so so I went, but it was hard. And um, I just decided I wasn't gonna try to make friends, and that I was just gonna wait for it to be over. Yeah. And the thing was. I mean, I made a few a few friends, uh, two of them I'm actually still still in touch with. But I just decided, like you know, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening. And yeah. Not, and, but <clears throat> but what the thing is, you kind of get what you wish for, and like they were two very largely empty years of my life and yeah. quite depressing. And I I do regret what I did. And yeah, it was tough. That was those were the especially my senior year was one of the toughest years. It's so hard when, yeah, like in a weird way, I kind of respect the choice, but because there is that sense of like my identity, your identity was so tied to that other school. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. You sort of do make the decision to to get out of it what you put in. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I grew up in mostly Vermont, like since I was five. So, Vermont's so pretty. Yeah, all due nice. respect to the places you're from. I've never been to Louisville, but I do love Atlanta. (laughs) Yeah, all all my family's from like New England and. Connecticut, Massachusetts, and then I ended up in Vermont. And yeah, I went to like a pretty, I mean, I want to say average public school, but although I've heard stories, like I had a great like high school experience. Like a lot of people are always like, I hated high school. I wanted to get out so bad. I went to a special school for the colorblind. (laughs) I did not do that, but (laughs) it was like a normal school. It wasn't like a special magnet school or anything, but they were really good with like, like I did like music like i played clarinet saxophone in the jazz band nice. and well. did a little theater stuff 
And Clarinet's pretty great. I always ask this about people who are in orchestra or band because as somebody who played guitar, which is like feels like other than piano, the most cliche sort of like, well, that's a, that's a thing <laughs> that everyone kind of knows how to do or whatever. But to pick that individual, like for somebody who played the trumpet or the tuba or the clarinet it's or the totally oboe. totally by default that like my was. mom had an old clarinet oh, that go. she had learned on. So when it, I think it was fifth grade where you get to like, you know, go into the band or pick an instrument. It was like, well, we got a clarinet. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> Dust it off. <laughs> yeah. Dust it and, off. Uh, You're going to get real so excited It was this. a little, I didn't, t- I don't, didn't really have a full choice in the matter, but I, I played all through high school and a little bit in college and then just kind of lost interest in that, but well that's also uh, someone stole no i got a bet yeah when my house was robbed a few years back really i had the clarinet that i had from like high school which wasn't my mom's i mean i had gotten a new one since Uh by then uh but yeah my house got robbed and they took a bunch of stuff and including this old clarinet which boy but then yeah they found most of my stuff And including the clarinet, which I what a surprise! I've busted out very out. rarely, but every every time I do, I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great, and I'm like, I can't play this. What am oh. I doing? Well, that's a to an instrument that it feels like you need, but I guess it's not. But it seems like you would want it. Like you can sort of like sit at the piano by yourself or sit with the. Well, like I play yeah. bass, I never just like noodle on the bass because you want like a bunch of people that you can play. Yeah, with and it's that. like if you don't have a specific like thing you're practicing for, yeah. like you're it's not hard just to like really on a get fire motivated. Scam. You said saxophone, but like it's hard to imagine the Rob Lowe of St. Elmo's Fire, <laughs> like just wistfully, soulfully blowing on the clarinet. No, the yeah, I always thought if I could learn to play like Benny Goodman or something, that would have been awesome, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I chose art instead. And so you, were, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Did you, so you were, so you were, were you drawing from a really young age and like, yeah, I, I would draw from, yeah. I mean, since I can remember really, I have this like drawing from some art contest I entered in like first grade and had these like first grade or second grade or something. I had these like robots. Do you remember, yeah, rock band, like these robots in a rock band oh or something. God. It was like, it was like the, so my, my vision own, of the future. Because that's my next question for both of you is, you know, I feel like I had friends who were extremely talented with, in terms of visual arts, but some of them were really, really great. And their passion was for drawing pre-existing characters. You know what I'm saying? Like friends of mine who couldn't really, they actually weren't that interested in creating their own stuff, but they were really great at like drawing the bad example, Simpsons characters, good example, like comic book characters. Although a lot of the comics people ended up wanting to draw their own comics. But no, like, I definitely did you, that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly when I was younger, I'd draw like Opus from Bloom County there was some Smurfs in there uh-huh. in, the, in the earlier years. Uh, you could really see that reflected Garfield. in the animation you guys <laughs> yeah. have done now. There's a lot yeah, of Garfield about, you know, in there. That's just kind of how you learn sure. is like just by copying these these other characters. And probably wasn't till like... And then in, in high school, I got more into like fine arts, like painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was still interested in animation, but it wasn't like my focus. How and many then, self-portraits have either of you done? Mm, there are life? definitely a few, especially oh, there are? freshman year of college. That's for sure. Yeah, because yeah. you're taking the sort of more <laughs> like official art class. And it's like, that's your easiest model. It's like, right. You got, Brian self-portraits? <laughs> Handsome oh. Brian self-portraits? <laughs> I just did one a couple, like two years ago for the first time in, oh, yeah. in uh, 15 years or so. I posted it on my blog. Yeah, I, I was drawing from, um, I think, 18 months old. I drew... Uh, the 
like drag racers. Like I drew a, a car with the parachute coming out the back after watching oh like gosh. drag racing on TV. And then at a very young age, I drew. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm owning a thoroughly unreligious person now, uh-huh. but when as a as a youth, I I drew the scene of John the Baptist's head on the platter. Oh. With, like, the horse. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would draw these, like, biblical, like, epic wow. biblical scenes. Um, Where was that coming from? Were you going to church a bunch? No, I watched, well, yeah, I was, but I watched, uh, it was from a movie. You know, it was from, like, okay. I don't know, some epic, you know, I yeah. can't remember which one it was. Oh, um, wow. Always drawn to the, the epic stories, I think. And, yeah, uh, yeah Garfield as well. That was a big one. I think the <laughs> I know, thing about I, I assume when you said epic stories, I also I count Garfield among yeah. those. Well, the thing about when you get to a certain point, like I like art, and you know Garfield, it, it's these really clear shapes. Like his character design, it's like oh, see, you this could, I would never think about. You break I don't draw. You, you can easily break him down into these like shapes, and you when you learn the sort of the characteristics of each of those shapes, then you like kind of piece them together. Opposed like, to like Calvin and Hobbes or something that's a little less kind of. Yeah. Did you ever have those Ed Emberly drawing books? Do you remember those? <gasps> I love those. I they were those. basically that's the best I can do. They, I did though. I like building love those a train things. car, building monsters, but I still have. It was those. basically like Legos for drawing, kind yeah. of like it showed you step by step, kind yeah. of like how to. Yeah, <laughs> how, how to, to build do a monster? How to build a? But I, yeah. that name just popped in my head. Like I love that. And then there was this guy on like public television called Commander Mark. I think did you? Oh. you saw Commander it? Mark is one of the biggest influences on me. <laughs> really? And not only me. Jonan Vasquez oh, really? did an amazing post about Commander Mark. Secret City. Uh huh. Um, he had this public like public TV drawing show. He had a couple different ones, but man, it did. At the end of it, he would add to this mural, yeah. and he would teach you all about perspective and like really fundamental basics. And I got to art school, really, really like Mike and I met in art, a really well-known art school, and so many people didn't know perspective. And I'm like, don't you know Commander Mark? <laughs> he, but he would add to this mural, this kind of fantasy, um, like Escher-like city that he would just keep adding buildings yeah. and little little creatures to at the end That's of each episode awesome. it was he was amazing and yeah i it's funny thinking back to the i it's hard like we make shows that young people i mean people of all ages like it but you know young people really as you know fervently connect to it and on some on some level like mike and i and other people involved in the show were like we see people waiting in line and all this crazy stuff. And we're just like, man, I never liked anything that much. Yeah. We talked about this yeah. last time together at Comic-Con. It, yeah. I do feel like I was trying to remember if I'd ever put the time in for something that I felt yeah. that passionate about. And I do almost feel like I missed out a little bit. Like I almost wish I had had that fervent yeah. kind of like, this is a big part of speaking of identity. This is a big yeah. part of who I am. And I really, you know, connect and this is an extension of me. Someone figured out how to create an extension of me almost. And it seems to be, a, the thing I think that was missing for me is it seems to be a big uh, sense of community. Yeah. You know, I think that the waiting in line overnight, because for our panel, you don't have to do that. You know, like people yeah. get in if they just go in the morning and yeah. like, but it's, this seems to be this rite of passage. And when we talk, we, we ask people about it and not like, to make fun you know we're just really yeah, curious yeah. like oh what you know what is this and everybody it just seems to be this experience they're all sharing together whereas we grew up pre-internet you know and when i think of those like especially those two last years of high school when i was really 
quite lonely, but I was sort of like walling myself up and not trying to let anyone in and not trying to reach out. Like, like I was deeply into fantasy novels, you know? And, and I think about, I don't even think about many of them now. And it, I've had to like really dig, dig, dig deep into my memory to be like, Oh, maybe that kind of influenced avatar and, and this, this, you know, interest and knack for kind of fantasy and that type sure. of stuff. But like, it doesn't even pop into my, like, I don't really identify with like, like, Oh, I'm a fantasy I'm novel guy. Kind of guy, but I was back then, but it was all solitary. I mean, I, I didn't have friends that I talked to about it. I didn't go on message boards or forums. I didn't go to any conventions. Sure. I just read that stuff. I was deeply into it. None of my friends yeah. ever read any of the books yeah. I did. And, but well, it just, that is your kind. Of, I'm just remembering like that is kind of your companion. You yeah. Know, and that's up. interesting too. Cause I mean, I feel like as an only child, I read so many books in general um, that I would, I would choose books over company a lot of the time. And like, I was totally that kid who was, would be walking to when I finally could walk to school, which was high school. Um, every other school I went to too, I had like the hour and a half of yeah. the bus ride, two buses. And, uh, yeah, but I, I would two, be I like buses, walking too. and then like tripping and falling, like holding yeah. a book. Cause I just couldn't put it down. Um, but there, but it is, I think you're right. It's, the difference between some of that really immersive stuff now is that you can also use that to connect with people yeah. versus I think for me it was about being swallowed up into something that wasn't about my reality and I would never want to have shared totally. it. Like I wouldn't have wanted I would have I would have been so protective over my personal relationship to that art yeah. that I would have been like, You don't understand it like I do. I think you just you just like worded something that I haven't been able to put my finger on. Like the idea that people I mean, this seems to drive most of the content on the internet that isn't porn. Is like, <laughs> is there content that isn't porn? It's some of it. There's some crossover. <laughs> some blurring lines. Yeah, but like the idea that you would go on a message board and see what someone else who you're never going to meet thinks about something that you love is so alien to me. Like, yeah. and then and then to say, hey, you're wrong about that. Like. I do not care what other people think about the stuff that I love. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. only the only people I might engage in that are like trusted friends who's but even like Mike and I who we have obviously have really similar sensibilities, like we don't even like a lot of the same stuff and sometimes I don't even want to talk to Mike about it because I don't want to know yeah. why he doesn't like it. Yeah, you know? yeah. You don't want to be kind of poisoned in that way, so to speak. What what did you have stuff like that that you were passionate about besides I mean, listen, we've covered clarinet. Clearly that was oh, a huge man. passion. And, no, that's uh, the thing. Drawing, I didn't but were you reading? I was were definitely you... re I was a big reader and still am, for sure. That was kind of my main thing. What think, kind besides, of books were you excited about? Uh I'm trying to remember what I read in high school. Well, I mean, I remember like reading Stephen King like at an er early age sure, when it was too. probably not appropriate to do so. Oh my god, half the stuff <laughs> I read, yeah, so much stuff I read. I'm sure. Uh, it was I, like, yeah, but I read. He, I read him a lot for sure. But I wasn't really into like the normal stuff. Like I wasn't. I didn't read comics at all. Neither one of you did. That's good to know. Yeah, I. You know, I watched like GI Joe and stuff you're like that. But and you're not video game people. Yeah, I did have Nintendo growing up, but. I, <laughs> I never did either. It didn't, like a, it didn't catch on with me. Like I didn't a little bit, but did you, um, when you were reading like Stephen King stuff for me, I think there was a lot of, 
like books were a great way, even more so than television and movies, because I think my parents had a stronger awareness of what I was watching than what I was reading. Um, and that there's like an innate kind of sophistication and acceptance about books that maybe you wouldn't like you could get away with reading something that's too adult for you in a way that you couldn't get away with seeing it in the movie theater or what have you oh, where like yeah. you know you can't see a Stephen King movie when you're not 17 or no 16 I tried to go to Pet Cemetery and they kicked me out because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I had thrown out Listen, it's not that great of a movie, but yeah. maybe it was for the best. But like with book, with Stephen King, I think I also had this sense with those books I was reading, maybe quote unquote too early, of feeling like I was getting a a, a little peek into, you know, a, there is that sort of thrill of like, I don't know, I'm not even sure I should be reading. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's gory, like all that like, sexy stuff deep, in yeah. there. And, and sexy stuff yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, and I think too, when it, like when I think of like the literary stuff now that young adults have like they're the whole young adult novel world like i'm sure there were some books but it wasn't a it wasn't really a genre so it's like not like it you went now. from like okay i read like all the rolled doll books i can read yeah and all the like you know appropriate for my age books but i, I need something more i need yeah, some more yeah, and like there wasn't sure. like that middle phase yeah you know, you well, have what to kind of jump ahead. Because I feel like not unlike fantasy, that's kind of where I fell into. Yeah, was like yeah that's, like... it's so weird. I just, fantasy, I remember trying to read like Dragonlance or something. Oh, and I like, <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't get into it. I just didn't get it or something. And uh, so, yeah, I gravitated more toward like literary stuff, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, and fiction. I mean, right now I'm way and historically too, but been more into like historical fiction stuff. Yeah, I have friends who are really into historical fiction too, and all we and, and were for a long time, and that's not something I ever really. Yeah, I never after. consciously was realized until kind of more recently that like most of the books I like and read are historical fiction, partially because there is that like some of them are you know they take you to another time and sure. place and like in a way it's a little fantasy-ish like where, where you're experiencing this different world but and also i feel like i'm learning something a little bit yeah. <laughs> about the I, past. Could, I can get on board for that where i'm like listen i'm not wasting my time guys i, <laughs> I am finding out what colonial williamsburg was really yeah, like because even now i'll occasionally put like go like oh i'm gonna read a fantasy novel and like I couldn't do Not it. happening. I mean, Game of Thrones is the closest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, Mike's kind of making up for it now by he reads tons of YA novels now. In his well, adult I think life. that's true, too. Is like, that's a really easy thing to just like chew on for a little while. Like, you can read, you can kind of plow through them quickly. I feel like I, I even return to books that I, I guess are kind of young adult, but I don't necessarily know that they had that, again, that they were like that pervasive of a genre it was that pervasive of a genre but um a lot of that writing is so it's great it's like you know it's not pushy it's it's it, the the adventure moves really fast that's the thing too i mean i think to write middle grade and young adult novels i mean much like what we do on cora and stuff like there has to be a plot that's moving forward absolutely like, like whereas a lot kind of, of deeper themes than one might think yeah and a lot of like modern literary stuff is more like a character exploration or something, you know, and and, yeah. and it's not as like heavily dependent on the plot yeah. moving forward and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a, that's why people kind of connect with it more. And I think too, like you can, uh, there's a, there's a quote by Philip Pullman, the guy who wrote 
the golden compass and those those novels which were you know those are definitely more like serious young adult novels um like he would he, he had a quote somewhere about like how you can really only explore like uh serious themes about humanity and stuff through like children's literature mm. in a way that you can't as an adult i don't know well, which always i kind of agreed with like the stuff we do with avatar and cora like not that you couldn't address those themes in adult stuff but there's something about seeing it through a kid's pov that i think like I, helps i don't disagree with that at all yeah like, and i also feel like um and this is always an opportunity for me to toot my own horn about the choice of my podcast theme. But um, I feel like that is a great age where you're just mature enough and you're just absorbent enough that <clears throat> even if you're not super scholastic, there's stuff getting in there just through literary analysis and whatnot that um, that can kind of cement the way you're understanding literature, understanding even movies or books like that, that because it is more kind of um, layered and you are, it's more textured and you're, and you're exploring it and pulling it apart more. And your own brain is firing so fast and you have all these hormones and there's so much going on with your growth that I think that the way you experience things can be like more profound than you do as an adult because you kind of, you sort of seasoned and maybe you're not as open to thinking you don't know what you're talking about or you're not around a group of people who are saying like, well, what do you think Mark Twain was really saying with this? Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? Yeah, like totally, that yeah. analytical thinking. Yeah, it's harder now. I mean, I, I try to do it as an adult, but it's like hard to keep that kind of like open minded curiousness that you had as a kid when yeah. everything was like more, more new and fresh and you didn't. Yeah, you weren't jaded by <laughs> by life and yeah, and, and maybe you would spend the night overnight. We didn't, as it happens, but like to to have that passion where you like want to stay overnight for this thing that you love that you connect with so much. Did you? What, what were you guys listening to? Like music? Was that were bands important to you when you were in high school? Brian gave uh, a very hearty. Brian, nod. well, Brian was very much into music. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was into Talking Heads was one of my big bands and Pink yeah. Floyd. Yeah, I think we share sure. that one. I like Bob Dylan, Brian. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad was really into, like, Bob Dylan and, like, you know, he grew up and went to Woodstock in the 60s and stuff. And uh, so I kind of got into that, those kind of, like, musicians. So you didn't have that relationship with your dad where you're like, ew, that was what my dad was into. No, he had a pretty good taste in music and Mine got too, me into yeah. jazz and nice. and stuff like that and, you know. Brian, what about you? Go through his old record collection. Oh yeah, <laughs> me too with my dad. That was the best, man. Well, I, yeah, I was before you even got to the music thing. I was thinking about that because, you know, as a kid, I would get a new album and just listen to it. That was all I would do. Like, it's not like I was drawing or reading or watching. Yeah. You know, I would just lay there and put headphones on and just listen to every single note every night yeah. of an album and and. Like I listen to music all the time now, but I'm always working or I'm driving or, you know, reading or something. And I'm trying to get back to like just sitting and listening to music as an activity. And, and like, and it all, when I, when I'm able to do it, it just, I feel like a kid again, you know? And, and it's like that deep connection to, that, that, that's the art form I love the most. Absolutely, oh, Hand, yeah. hands down. I wanted Did to you go, play any instruments. Yeah, I've, I've I've actually I've 
I'm a musician. I've re- I've released like four albums. And oh my god! Wow, I'm I must have known that, and I'm just blanking right. on. Um, and I'm I'm really I have not been able to do much with it during Cora because she is a demanding, <laughs> very demanding uh, uh, mistress. Mistress, if you sure, will. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, yeah, I'm like all my guitars and instruments are just buried right now, and 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 I cannot wait for the show to end so i could get back to playing every and making time you music say that again. i respect you on the outside and part of me dies on the uh, outside. it's it's like it's so hard to explain to people it's like i love running and but if i'm in the middle of a race you know i'm not i'm not sitting there thinking about running another race or running forever <laughs> you know it's right, like right. I'm, I'm thinking about getting through that race hopefully performing well and then resting and then, right, and then right. recovering and and then maybe thinking about training for another race so i hear you so as long as you know that you're stuck with me because i know that your only friends are from high school and college <laughs> oh i'm i'm I'm, very, I'm weaseling my way in very loyal um, but surely i creep up on you yeah i creep up on you i would say yeah i i was deeply into music pink floyd like mike said as well um and like i'm just the typical suburban like story like fantasy novels check yeah (laughs) it's like kurt vonnegut you know oh god he's so great though yeah yeah i would just read breakfast of champions over and over and it was so short um it's like he's so funny and god i mean i really am such a fan of his i don't feel like i've talked about him that much on the podcast for as much as i feel he deserves being discussed because he does have that amazing voice where he's a grown-up there's no question about that but you feel also like you're kind of being guided through like the darkness with this funny companion it's, that you're like, he's my buddy. It's like he's your my drunk buddy. uncles pulled you aside totally, at the party and your, your parents it. don't know what he's telling oh, you. Oh, that's a great way yeah. of putting it. Yeah. Oh my so God. Kurt, it's like Kurt Vonnegut, check. And then it's like rush. <laughs> Amazing. Like big check. Amazing. Like I, I've recently I listened to Rush. So I see I had old, I'm the youngest of five, as I mentioned, and like yeah. I had an older brother. And mo- a lot of the music I listened to growing up, it was just like my older siblings, like Prince and Genesis and Rush and like uh, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. And like I like I was being exposed to like Queen and all that stuff from age five, you know, on. And, yeah. And it was like music was a big deal to all of my siblings. So, um, but Rush. Oh, Peter Gabriel was like huge growing up for me. And then, but Rush just stuck, you know, which it did for like the typical kind of kid like me. And, um, and then I was just too saturated with it by the time I like went to college and I, I put it away for like a decade and then had a little renaissance and then put it away again. And then right now I'm back in, you know, like it's like this, like every 10, you know, eight to 10 years and I'm back in it heavily and I'm realizing going through it. How much? Because Neil Parrott was super into Tolkien and mm-hmm. uh, Isaac Asimov and all these yeah, things. So he like was just writing epic story songs or like just yeah. like things like those. Th- their music is so yeah. Totally. It really com- it's very commanding. It is kind of like it feels like it would be hard to just like be doing something else while you're listening to Rush. Now I can really imagine why you would oh, put the headphones on and dude, just like be immersed. So into it. And yeah, I mean when you like. You're that lonely. I mean, it's even in their lyrics to one of my favorite songs, Subdivisions, where it's it describes the lonely suburban 
outcast yeah. kid who's like introverted and and um you know is dreaming of these bigger things but is kind of caught in this like like on the sidelines of the you know these sexually maturing like young men and women and you're not a part of that game yeah. and you're like I'm smarter than all of you, you know, and like, and you know, Neil's reading the same, you know, he's reading Lord of the Rings and he's writing songs about it and, and, uh, and then writing his own kind of like fantasy lyrics and stuff. And then like his own sort of takes on society and, you know, society, you know, like, so like I, it just, man, did that stick. And, um, I, if you haven't seen the the Rush documentary, Beyond the Lighted Stage, I'm I'm a sucker for music documentaries. Even Bob Dylan. One of my favorite music documentaries is about Bob Dylan. The the one Scorsese made. That's like four hours long. It's incredible. Yeah. I watch music documentaries about music. I hate. I just love. I just love the music documentaries. And the, the Rush one is one of the best ones. Ever. Okay. Yeah. This is the thing. Number one, we the reason that this is a shorter podcast for those of you who uh, are regular listeners. Um, I can't believe how fast this is going by. And the reason that we have to keep to a certain time is that I'm here at Nickelodeon and we actually do have to do some Cora work pretty soon. So, um, so I'm going to jump into this mash game. I'm going to skip this thing that you don't know what it is. So you don't care. Uh, but I'm going to go into this mash game. I did explain, um, Brian to Mike before you got here, what it was. I know that this, if you don't know this game, you're kind of coming into a blind, but it's fine. Um, I'm going to use uh, the conversation that we were just having about Rush to segue in. I need you to list for me, each of you, three bands that you could summon magically to have play for you, like, at any time, for as long or as little as you want. If you just want, you know, Peter Gabriel to come and just be like, <laughs> sing, you know, one song for you, great. But anyway, this sort of connection with uh, the ability to, like, conjure three of your favorite bands to play for you whenever you want. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see Talking Heads, like, in the early the early 80s yeah. era. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say Bob Dylan in the 60s. Like, I saw Bob Dylan a few <laughs> years ago. Bob Dylan. And because I was like, you know what? I should really go see this guy before he passes away even though he'll probably be around for years uh-huh. uh and it it was not that good <laughs> yeah but i feel like if i could have seen him back in the day yeah that would have been pretty awesome perfect and uh i've never seen pink floyd so i would like to see pink floyd in their heyday too that would be Great. pretty cool ryan what about you uh pixies jane's addiction pink floyd fantastic and i've seen two out of three of them but not in their heydays so um, God, I, we'll have to have conversations about this offline because I'm running out of time. There's so much I want to talk about these bands. Uh, okay. Now, next I'm going to go to um, each one of you, although this is more inspired by Mike, but uh, three places slash times that you can magically visit. You, it, there's no ramifications to your health or welfare. <laughs> so if you wanted to like witness something violent, that's okay because you're sort of in a bubble where you get to see it but not participate in it. But yeah, three good. times and places in throughout history uh, and or the future, I guess. I mean, I think partially because of Korra, inspired by Korra and Boardwalk Empire, like 20s. Yeah. 20s in New York. Love Whenever it. I see old pictures of New York, I'm, I'm like, that would have been cool. Um, probably like Paris, you know, circa, man, anytime, really. Yeah, I know, In right? the past. Um, and then like, uh, where else would I go? 
maybe Japan. The, Great. The days of the samurai. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. That's so far away from anything we really understand in our like weird American yeah, lives every day. Yeah. Got it. Okay. What about you, Brian? Uh, yeah, I'm a huge uh, prohibition nerd. So uh, definitely like 20s and great. And could say New York, I guess, but it could be Chicago or. Um, uh, what other times? Something like. Uh, Man, I would go. I mean, I would. Yeah, I would want to like see like, uh, you know, the out of. I would like to be there for like the out of Africa moment. You know. Oh in, sure, in human, sure. Um, and then come back and and you know, give a lecture on the and yeah. settle the debate because yeah. you know there's guys. I was there. Yeah, Mike's yeah. like ah, he wants to yeah. revise. So yeah, I got <laughs> out of Africa. I've got <laughs> prohibition <laughs> and. Uh, Man, it would probably be like, um, it, I would probably want to be, it'd be some music scene thing, mm-hmm, you know, sure. and I'm trying to remember, pick one from like a documentary, but sure. like, it would be like, it'd be like, you know, to be in Athens in the 80s oh, yeah, or something. Like, and just, yeah, and all which, that kind like of I lived music. in Atlanta at that time, but like, I think that's great though. Or like, it would, it would be like, I guess let's say, uh, like L.A. in the in the in the late '80s, so I could like actually see Amazing. like a like an underground James Addiction show. That's great. Would just be the best. That's great. Okay, God, I can't believe how fast I have to do these. Um, okay, for we, both of you, we, well, can, we can just we'll be a little late for the recording. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, okay, good. Oh, my boss has said it was okay, guys. Um, okay, you wake up uh, tomorrow and Matrix style. You've basically your brain has downloaded three skills that uh, would take a lot of time and practice normally, mm. but you wake up and you're like, I know Kung Fu, basically, but but could be anything. Wow. Uh, I know I'm going to pick the wrong ones, man. <laughs> the uh, wrong ones. Uh, I would want to be really good at debate. Amazing. <laughs> and f- like philosophy and reasoning and that kind of stuff. Ooh, yeah. Um, uh and a knowledge of like medicine and the human body Ooh, maybe. wow um and then and then a really good writer i don't know <laughs> these none of these are wasted i can't believe that i'm like basketball player i don't know <laughs> Uh, okay. I would definitely yeah. be like multilingual. Yeah, that's a, for yeah. to me that is a, be, even being bilingual to me is a superpower. It's yeah. to me is unrealistic power that people have uh, yeah. all around me, especially at this studio. Uh, so yeah, multilingual. Um, would like to know physics. Yeah. Terrible at math, but I would love to be an astrophysicist and. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll like, Mike's were all really noble. I'd love to just be able to fight and beat, beat the shit Great. out of people. <laughs> <laughs> or to know that you could. To, yeah, but you'd actually yeah. do it. Just wander around. That's great. Beat, just give people their come up and Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, like, immature. You're allowed. And, uh, You're allowed. Yeah, but it's a game. 
You're allowed. It's a game. Okay. Uh, next is three vacation homes. I'm going to give you this, um, not to just like blow your minds, but uh, your vacation home could be here on planet Earth in a very real place. You can also, if you wanted to throw in something, like if you're real into the Middle Earth situation <laughs> or some, you know, fictitious place that right. kind of in the back of your mind, like oh, someone recently was like, I don't know, like the never ending story world, like that mm. sort of thing. There's That's so many cool fun. places on earth in real, that in i real still earth, haven't yeah. visited that like but for a vacation home like if i could have a little cabin right in the middle of yosemite that would oh, be pretty awesome agreed um i went to bhutan years ago and i loved that country so i would get a little little house there great <laughs> i'm deciding whether you get in a mansion apartment a shack or a house That's no i don't i don't in, want mansions well I too want, bad like... because you might end up with one this is a process of, process of elimination there's some math involved okay uh, and then I wouldn't live here. Well, you can't live here year round, but I really want to hang out in Antarctica. Great. But, Great. Yeah. Okay. Right. Brian. Uh, there's a valley that my wife and I've been to in Iceland that we were both Oof. like, we want to die here. Sounds like we, it was like just, it, I was in this valley and I was like a hundred percent, like fully accepting of my death and like, as if it were just opening a door, and I was like, and I would like to that to be here. Oh, I, I would like to dissolve great. into the soil in this yeah. location. Um, so the Iceland, uh, I haven't been there yet, but probably Patagonia. Mm-hmm. And um, man, one more. Yeah, I felt like that about places in New Zealand where I would just you'd come around a corner yeah. and go. All right, well, if I die right here, yeah. right now, I'm good. I would have felt I had already been to Iceland twice before I got to New Zealand, but yeah. I probably would have had that same feeling in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, lastly, man, I don't know, like uh, somewhere in, let's say Japan. I'll just go with like Great. somewhere outside of Kyoto or something. Great. Love it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> next one is your mode of transportation. You can't, this is how you get around. It could be as, as imaginative and unrealistic unre- as you want, or as kind of grounded as you want, but it can't be like a car or a motorcycle or a bike. Uh, jetpack. Great. Uh, uh, super speedy train. I don't know. Great. Bullet train. Great. Is that a thing? Yep, yep. Uh, it is now in this world. And uh, well, this is kind of like jetpack, but like a squirrel suit. If I Great. Just like, sure, 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 sure. It's <laughs> good. I like flying stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Sorry, it's early. Is it pneumatic tube? Is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Elon yeah. Musk like pneumatic yeah. tube kind yeah. of uh, the. Uh, Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. what is, no, you got it. What's that show? The animated show. The Simpsons spinoff. Simpsons spinoff? Oh, Futurama. 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 Oh, sorry. It's really early. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, the pneumatic tubes. Um, right. Yeah, I could, I could, like, hot air balloon would be cool. Yeah, I was thinking that, too, when we were talking. Yeah, there's a lot of them in Louisville, Kentucky, where I grew up, and... 
Zipline. Yes. I'll take that. Zipline. Zip it up. Zipline. Zip I've zip it up. Often advocated for ziplines in Los Angeles. Great. Okay, the next one is um, three books. I know this is all like I'm forcing you to be on the top of your head, off the top of your head, but three books that you can jump into and just like exist in for a second or as long as you want. Wow. Um, hmm. I just read this book called The Gollum and the Genie that was really good. It was like, it was like New York turn of the century with like yeah, so but it had like you fa- this other it had like fantasy stuff going on yeah okay golem and genie that, that was it. cool um i know i'm trying to think of these books i like but that then i'm like i wouldn't want to go there it's terrible like a cormac mccarthy western oh. <laughs> 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 terrible grim so grim uh yeah game of thrones i wouldn't want to go there yeah, for me, I think I like I go back again. I sort of fall back into this like, what are the stories that I loved as yeah. a child? Well, like, like, yeah, going back more as a kid, like James and the Giant Peach was awesome. Yes, so, like, if see, I that's could fly what around I'm talking peach, about. That'd be cool. Great. Or, um, or like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Oh my God, please. that'd be fun. Please, whenever possible, I think about going to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm stumped where, like, all of my favorite books, I'm like, wait, that was a horrible (laughs) place to be. (laughs) So I feel like I'm going to come up with really bad examples. Yeah, the Royal Doll stuff is good. um, I mean, I for sure would go to Prince Edward Island and meet Anne of Green Gables. (laughs) Oh, dude, I was obsessed with Anne of Green Gables. Not the books, the 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 oh the, the Megan Follows movie the, or the series, the series. I know, so good. Obsessed. I know, yeah, me I too. I you're the first guy I've ever met who was. Dude, and I wear, for I, now. I for fly sure, that flag. Proudly. I'll know you till the day. John Ham, hot. Yeah. Don't need a lady to tell me that. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables, epic. I know, Loved it. it's so good. Um. I was recently re- reading a book. But, like, but this is what I'm talking about. Wouldn't right, you want to go Gables. to the I White Way the of Delight? Yeah. Remember, like, that avenue, which is like, Matthew's like, we call it the avenue, and it's just like yeah. those blossoms Beautiful. of white. Throw me, throw me, put me down <sighs> for, even best. though I, I'm a poser because I didn't read it. Uh, let's say fine. Anna It's Green a very, Gables. very um, loyal rendering of the vibe of the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oh, oh! I know one. Um, the 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 I think it's the Song of Albion, which okay. was a oh, uh, yeah. fantasy trilogy I read. And I would say Hyperion, Dan Simmons' uh, science fiction um, book. What happens in what's in Hyperion was uh, Mike. Mike got into Dan Simmons much later. I I was really into him. He he would just jump genres, which was cool. He would. Because I was, I, even though I was really into fantasy stuff, I, I wasn't super dedicated to any one genre. And he would write historical fiction. He would write um, sci-fi, horror. It's horror stuff, like very Stephen King esque yeah. stuff. Um, was really good. And then I feel like I need to check him out. Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion were these incredible books that took these literary, like classical literature, and then he would he would like reinterpret them as like these far-flung sci-fi things and then he wove it all together in this kind of crazy oh it sounds um, so good yeah it's it's pretty epic so yeah i'm gonna get me that no 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 i think it was before that um no it had the shrike this crazy metallic sort of uh almost satan-like 
creature, almost That's like a, a grim, re- grim a reaper. Yeah, he was like yeah. this grim reaper thing, and uh, Ugh, creepy. Yeah, so that was yeah. You're going in, Anne of Green Gables, and <laughs> Fall of Hyperion. Um, okay, this is inspired by um, you talking about running a race. Um, these are a lot of these have a lot in common. I don't usually do that, but I am under the gun. But also, you're giving amazing answers, so this is going to be a great outcome, no matter what. This is um, three activities. I don't know what they are, but like in a unique place. And the reason I thought of it, I was thinking about you running a race, and I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if you were like running a race, like in the Alps or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, so, I, I'm super. I mean, I haven't yeah. run a race in the Alps. So I do yeah. trail running, and yeah, so I'm super exactly. Into That's that. like what I'm into too. So yeah. I was thinking about that for both of you. It could just be like, what activity would you be doing, and yeah. where would that be in like kind of an unusual place i mean probably most of my activities would involve photography there you go there you go uh on mount everest would be i'm obsessed with mount everest even though i will never go or climb it you might mash life (laughs) yes we'll see yeah base camp maybe um yeah that's definitely one um hmm maybe somewhere it's always like cold places like That's up, how I feel too. Like, like North Pole or something. Like Arctic or Antarctic. Great. Um, and then like, and then like also like maybe like way down in the ocean somewhere. Great, great, great. <laughs> Deep sea diving somewhere. Great, okay. Yeah, it would, it would be like trail running with Killian Jornet like on uh, Mont mount blanc or something love it that'd be my first one um like hang gliding over some insane remote part of china amazing and uh where's that giant like vertical cave is it is in mexico the one that you can just like you just fly like a helicopter. And, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I would yeah. like like to, yeah. I'd like to like base jump uh, into that. That's, that's good. great. Okay, and then finally we've reached our last category. <laughs> All due respect to your beautiful fiance and wife. <laughs> this is Mash. Not, that's not the same person. That's correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for fact-checking that a little bit. I appreciate it. Um, we don't need those rumors flying around uh, the Avatar world. Uh, uh, this is a lady. Now, this could be, again, a person from fiction. It could be somebody that you just had a huge crush on when you were in high school. Not like a girl that you went to school with, right. but like a, you know, a, a figure. Um, or it could be someone that you just think is adorable now. It, this is not replacing your relationship. This is in, in an alternate universe you got a little thing going. I'm still getting in trouble for it. <laughs> great. It doesn't matter great, great, great. what who I say. I feel like a lot of my married friends who've done this have that's why they've kind of leaned on like, well, when I was 17, I really No, I doesn't matter what I say. All right. Well, yeah. This one is definitely a high school crush was Sinead O'Connor. Oh, good one. She was she was the the bald head. Oh. That's what got me. Um Three? We have to do three. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a pro- because this is, well, you only end up with one. Does that help? <laughs> uh, maybe like uh, uh, Lauren Bacall back in the day. Yeah, good one. Yeah, because that can't happen now, so. Um, yeah, no, I'm I, I, again, like if you said, like I know Mike, I remember just married friends who have been like Jimmy Stewart circa 1950. Like if my husband has a problem with that, he can yeah. go fuck himself. That and 
I know they're all like old movie stars, like Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, great. In the, back in the day too. All right. Um, Poor Brian. Anne of Green Gables. Great. <laughs> I was seriously <laughs> hoping. Seriously hoping. Uh, Molly Ringwald. Great. Who was like. We were told by a mutual friend, a really big fan of Avatar, and then I saw a tweet that she was like, thought Cora looked oh, like yeah, a... Oh, yeah, you, I told you, you gave that. me that, like that her boobs were too big. She's like, she looks like a porn star. And I'm like, look, I can't help it when the animators draw yeah. her scrawny with giant boobs. Like, yeah. that's not what her model sheet looks like. Yeah. So, I think sadly by lost, and large, that is absolutely not so, really true. But, um, yeah. But Molly Ringwald, hey, Dave, the Brat Pack. Sure. Um, Going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Madonna circa like oh. 83, 84. Interesting. Purely like Didn't no view into the future. Just Right, just, right, right. Just, and A then, moment uh, in time. I totally I get it. And then. No, you got it. You got Stevie three. Stevie Nicks. Look, no, you can't stop. You already have three. Who did I have? Anne of Green Gables, Molly Ringwald, Heyday, 83 Madonna. All right, we can replace Anne of Green Gables with Stevie uh-huh. Nicks. Uh you know, like 1976. Yeah. Besides you might get to go into Anne of Green Gables. We'll find out. And then you would, yeah, that might, the, yeah, I might be Nicks. Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Auto sexually yeah. uh, loving myself. Okay. Um, the only last thing I have to do then is, uh, uh, Brian, without knowing what I'm doing, just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, and then Mike, same thing. Mm. Tell me when to stop. Should I wait longer? I don't know. Don't know how this works. Mm. Okay, stop. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, I'm going to pause this. Right now, we're only running a couple minutes late. That's fine. Um, I'm going to pause this. I got to just quickly do like what I have to do is like one, two, three, four, and then cross them out. And then I will reveal uh, your 100% guaranteed MASH futures in just a second. All right, we're back. I'm feeling very excited about the outcome of both of these. No surprise there. Um, I have no, I, I never have a real plan of where I want to start with uh, who gets what. But I will just go ahead and say, um, you know what? I'm going to go in order unprecedented i've never just gone in order totally unprecedented first of all uh mike you uh get to see pink floyd in their heyday cool whenever you want whenever you want (laughs) um brian jane's addiction nice fantastic uh a time to visit you get to visit uh the samurai of japan all right brian out of Africa moment. Nice. You can finally settle all the debate. <laughs> um, Mike, your skill. You wake up tomorrow. Brilliant writer. Love it. Brilliant writer. Already is. I know. That's the one thing I was going to say about that. I was like, <laughs> no. really? You picked something I already think you're great at. Um, Brian, multilingual. Ooh, multilingual. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> you can translate for me. Uh, vacation home, Antarctica. Love it. Uh, Brian. Vacation home, that valley in Iceland. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Soon. That's right. <laughs> Modes of transport. Mike, squirrel suit. Great. Brian, zip line. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, jump into a book. Mike, 
Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right. Amazing. Or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. I guess, is the book it's called. Uh, Brian, Song of Albion. Ooh. Wonderful. Activity in a Weird Place. Uh, this actually is not surprising now that I know you have a vacation home in Antarctica <laughs> because right. you are photographing... Oh, okay. Well, that makes uh, sense. Or, or could we could flip flop it, and it could be whatever pole right. you don't live in. Right. Um, uh, Brian, I'm very excited for you. Uh, trail running Mont Blanc. <laughs> nice. And last but not least, uh, I want you to enjoy your time. I don't know if you're taking her with you for all of this stuff. <laughs> Some of it's easier to imagine than others. I'm not sure she would care for Pink Floyd, um, but you probably get a big kick out of Antarctica and possibly visiting Japan. Uh, a young Kate Hepburn. Excellent. Um, Should be a handful, Brian, I'm sure. Yeah, Brian, I know that she can hang with you at Jane's Addiction. Um, uh, I'm sure it would be fun in the Iceland Valley. Oh, that's really for you and your wife. So let's just forget about that for a second. Maybe this is just a great friendship you have with this person. Uh, Miss Stevie Nicks. Nice. Circa 76. Before she like burned a hole through her nose with cocaine. Or maybe during. Or maybe after. She, she said she was undiagnosed with this like, chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, there you so go. The, that's why she did the cocaine. Yeah, she needed to stay Stevie up. Nicks and I share a birthday, actually. Oh. We, we could talk about that in our very platonic vacation. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's almost like your brother and sister if you have to say birthday. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for doing thank the you. podcast. Uh, what a joy you. and a pleasure, especially uh, early in the morning. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess that's it. I will, um, I'll talk to you guys next time on the podcast. Any parting words? That's no pressure, a lot of pressure. No. Let's go record some Cora. I got to pee. <laughs> I know, me too. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Mike and Brian. As I'm sure you heard, we sort of ran out of time and had to race over to the Nickelodeon VO booth to do some Cora ADR. Uh, thus, I was not able to get the guys to sing Boys of Summer. Also, I feel like I was taking it easy on them because I don't know that either of them were particularly excited about doing so. So this all works out kind of amazingly because, as many of you know, uh, I was beating myself up for the fact that I had completely forgotten to have Paul and Storm sing a snippet of Boys of Summer when I recorded them. And uh, really, of all people to forget, how dare I? How dare I? Well, the guys knew just what to do. Um, they took care of me and then some. I am so excited that they took the time to record this. Major, major thanks to you guys, Paul and Storm. Uh, you're the best. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. Uh, please enjoy a little bit of the Boys of Summer from none other than Paul and Storm. Sticker on a Cadillac A little voice inside my head said Don't look back, you can never look back I thought I knew what love was What did I know? Those days are gone forever I should just let them go But I can see you Your brown skin shining in the sun You got the top pulled down And those wayfarers on, baby
Nerdist.com.